welcome to Toasted Lavender. <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> I will be the host today. My name is Alex, and my pronouns are she, her. And today we are continuing with our Prince series. So Hell I think yeah. this is part three in the, in the series, I think. Right. Yeah, it is. And today we're talking about the movie Purple Rain. Which is also an album. Yeah. Also an album. Which I didn't realize that it was like the sound. Like I didn't realize that Purple Rain was a soundtrack before it was anything else. So that was like a really exciting part of this okay. whole thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I probably have something to say about that later. Great. I want to introduce the beer that I'm drinking also. I split this beer with Kai, and it's called Petite Blanche by Rally Farmhouse Ales, our good friend down in New Mexico. Um, and I haven't tried it yet. I would say that they're our best friends. Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and give them a best friend <laughs> yeah, label, too. That sounds right. We love them very much, so thank you, Rally Farmhouse Ales. Yee-haw. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Kai. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm also sharing this rally farmhouse with Alex. Kai and Lisa were at Fisher Brewery yesterday, and we're kind enough to bring back some beer. And I am drinking a Piney Brown, which is described as El Dorado Hopped American Brown. Yeah, I want to try that. Yeah, me too. Here it goes. Yeah. Piney brown. Hmm. Eldorado's like a really candy, sweet Yeah, kind I thought of it was hop. more fruity. That's why I was interested in trying it, because it sounded weird. Yeah, I can't decide how I feel about it. Is it piney? Do you get pine? The aroma. There's some pine. Um, but I don't think that hop is known for being piney. No. I mean, not to my knowledge. I thought it was like candy, like sweet candy. Like you would put in like a pastry stout kind of hop? Like you'd put it in an IPA. Okay. Like like a fruity IPA. Yeah, okay, I like mean, a juicy, hazy. hazy. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Whatever the hell they're called. Well, yeah. yeah. Depends on the day. Those so sweet ones. New it England. Says that, oh, no, it says resinous back note. It says reminiscent of pineapple and mango. With a resinous back note. Often used in wheat beers, pale ales, and IPAs. I thought we got some crazy something out of it, like watermelon or something. Do you pineapple, that? I think. It's pineapple. Yeah. I think we used it in that mango salsa beer. So like... Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So like mango, pineapple. Weird. Oh, I loved that beer. Hmm. I like it. It's a dark beer, so it's got more of a body and maltiness than anything else, which is different from what we usually drink, but that's just because it makes me feel full. Anyways, I don't know what to rate it yet. Did you introduce yourself? Did I? No. <laughs> Who are you? Who are Why you? <laughs> My name is the kid. <laughs> oh, oh shit. I go by she her. Damn. <laughs> All right. She her pronouns, thank you. I go by she her prince pronouns. Prince princes. Yeah. Princers. <laughs> prince princes. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm Lisa. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm drinking the Idaho Connection Hazy Pale Ale from Fisher. We brought back yesterday. Smashed with Idaho 7 and Simcoe hops for a robust, fruity nose and juicy finish. Hints of melon and pineapple shine through with low bitterness. Okay. So, guys, remind me the smash. Remind me the technique of the smash. The way I remember it is, if you think of the way the word is stylized, it's capital S, capital M, lowercase a, 
capital single s capital h okay got it single malt and single hop okay smash single malt. okay single malt and single hop mm-hmm so that's a smash and it's just like what's the green wait no i think they it just used the word smashed smashed with idaho seven and Simcoe. oh Hops. yeah and i'm like what's the is that is that just a fun way of that's saying we the, stirred the in word, those yeah, two things like we we it's not okay. in it's not a smash okay, okay got it it's very good though i, I really it. quite it like really it good. i'm glad we had that little Available for consumption. Yeah. So is mine. <laughs> Same. That's kind of dank mm-hmm. right like up front. It. I really like it. Mm-hmm. That's this is delicious. delicious. Yeah. yeah. I don't get piney out of that brown. I get it just in the nose, like right at first. Can I say that this beer just reminds me of my grandpa's basement? Oh, oh my, like kind of musty. Is that where you would watch Purple Rain? No. <laughs> it's just like kind of smoky. Smoky. I get a little like smoky. I don't know how to explain it. It just smells like an old man's basement. Can I okay. smell it? I like it. It's comforting. Okay. That's the twist. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm glad it. it twisted in a good way. I liked it. I like it. I like it too. It's, it's not like I don't. Oh, that's fine. It's like that's the Raleigh. musk, not yeah. must. It's musk. Yeah, it's like it's, it's, it's really like, old like earthy, musk. mossy, yeah. like mm. earth. It's earth flavor. Flavor of Ooh, the earth. I, yeah, I like that. I like to think like of it, it like that. Mm-hmm. If I was thinking about it like an IPA, I don't know that I'd like it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it supposed to be a brown IPA? It's no, it's just an a brown ale. Okay. Just an IPA hop. It kind of reminds me of that Buffalo Soldier beer that that Black Rye IPA that um Utah has. It kind of tastes similar to that oh, to really? me. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I haven't had it for a minute and I don't have it side by side, but that's where my head it, like, indexes it. It makes me think that maybe they tried to brew like one of the Cascadian IPAs and then like screwed up the grain bill or whatever so they call it they, something else because they also have a cascadian ipa on their menu they do oh so, so that's probably this is like just a frankenstein beer oh I yeah i, I that. love that i, I like love that. that that's p.s that's how you win beer competitions yeah. is with frankenstein beers yep. you just find whatever fits the beer you made yeah yeah you, you don't. You beer, don't try to. You can try to make you, the beer, but if it doesn't work out, you just you categorize it. it. Yeah, you fit it wherever it, it fits. I really quite like that. It's different. It's, I don't it's know, weird. refreshing and weird. Yep. I like it. Musky, yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we rate? Okay. Let's yeah. start back at the beginning. Uh, the Petite Blanche with Nelson Savon. It's delicious. It's delicious. This is a solid we've, four for me, no problem at all. We've rated that before, I think. I wonder if we'll be on yeah, I think we've had par it with where we rated it before. Yeah, we probably have had it on the show. So I wonder if I gave it a four and a half. Cause I mean... That's what I feel like giving it. I'll stand by whatever score. It's delicious. I love it. It's... It's got. Can I try again? It. Oh, it's yeah. too like funky. No, take mine. It's. I don't love it. <laughs> it's too funky for it's you. It's too funky for me. Yeah. I would rate it a four. I like it. I I may I have like liked it, it like when it was funk. like not as funky. When it was a little fresher. Yeah, but we should have drank it sooner. That's all right. It's just. It's totally fine. I feel like I probably gave it more than a four originally. So I think it's. But I also like that. Nelson hop. Yeah. I love that Nelson hop. And it's I, a little like astringent. Like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. It's kind of like whiny. <clears throat> yeah. It is it yeah. is quite whiny. I like that. I feel like that Nelson Savine is always kind of whiny. Mm-hmm. That um Phantasm. Yeah. That TF did recently had that and it was super like it's like grape juice beer. Mm-hmm. And mm. I love grape juice, and I love beer, so. I wonder if we could make, like, a a PB&J beer with 
the hob. Oh, that that's would a good be idea. Good. Do like a a malt like a brown like a yeah. Do sweet instead of dry. Or like that coffee ale, like some of those coffee ales that are light in color. I don't know if you could pull it off with those flavors, but it's always so surprising to me when I taste one of those ales that are that taste like coffee or right. the, and then it's like the color of like a light summer yeah. day beer and right. it's just kind of surprising. Like a Kolsch. Yeah. 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 And it's a fun little mind fuck. I don't know. You expect it to be dark and heavy and it's light. And, and it's crisp. so nice. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, what are we rating your beer? What do you think about it? Oh, Idaho Connection. I would rate it, I think, like maybe like a 3.5 or a 3.75. Okay. I think it's fine. I don't think it's anything to write home about. I think it's a hybrid of a West Coast and a hazy. Yeah. To me. Yeah. I don't know if that's what they intended because I already forgot what you said about it i think it's Simcoe a hazy pale right? it's a ha- hazy pale okay so yeah it is a fucking hybrid then. Yeah. yeah i liked it it's clean tasting to me yeah. i think it would probably be like a good eating beer like it would be good with a burger or something i like uh, eating beer as a phrase you know how like some beers you're like i can't eat anything with this it's gonna like ruin no, my palate exactly what you mean yes. because i was at the bar the other night and all i wanted was like a sierra nevada to go with my chicken club wrap do they not have sierra nevadas no and all i could get was like hazies or double ipas or anything else that's like or what i ended up drinking was paps because i just At wanted least your tab was cheap yeah because yeah. i won't order beer on draft there and that's like a, we don't need to get into that because it's, it's just a, hard a, it's a me rule. thing it's yeah. a me thing I don't know. No, I think it's an everybody thing. Well, I think it's a me thing too. I'm we just ordered a, a pitcher. I'm just a, so. I'm just a fine? dirty. You're yeah, fine. fine. Great, fine. perfect. Yeah. No, it's just a me thing. I don't know. Or maybe it's just like a couple times that it happened where I'm just like, no more. Anyway, this would have been the right beer to go with your chicken club mm-hmm. wrap, though. I feel like this would be great. It would have been. Mm-hmm. I was so upset. I kept looking in the beer case. I'm like, there's nothing there for me. No one in Ogden carries Sierra Nevada. Yeah, so this weird. is a new we thing. Okay, but recently. I have to say we did carry it at Salt and Hops right when we opened, and it doesn't sell. And Interesting. So it's it's well, taking up precious it. shelf space, and it doesn't sell, and so everybody's you don't stock it. Right? it. Yeah. yeah, but if you're at the Salt and Hops and you're like, I want fun beers, you're not. You're gonna not going to buy Sierra Nevada. Right. Right. Yeah. So we shouldn't carry it. No, it's just yeah. you what shouldn't. It should be. But we just shouldn't carry it. I just a bar should how probably a have bar it. Or a restaurant doesn't have. Yeah, it. it seems like an easy to please three different crowds kind of. Beer, I feel like so. it's a go-to beer if you're a beer place. It's like a it's a royal family of beer that you should just have because yes. people know it and like it and they know what they're gonna get and sometimes you don't feel experimental and you just fucking want a beer well it's like the west coast's version of like the sam adams company like the boston beer company exactly because when you're on the east coast like you know that their beers are going to be solid and yep. you can like, order a sam order adams one. or whatever yeah. Yeah. yeah and it'll probably taste good with whatever you're eating yep yeah. it's just a, a flagship easy good regular yeah. ass beer. regular ass beer yeah. what are you going to rate your piney Lindsay? Mm. That's interesting that you ask because I was just thinking about that. I don't. I I'm not offended by this. I'm not like drawn to it though. I don't. I don't think I'm gonna think about it. Three and three quarters. That's where I would rate it. I liked it. I wasn't offended by like I I enjoyed it, but you know, it's not like one cooler. of the best things. I've if ever I'm had. at a party and I have to reach into a cooler and I knew what that was, I would probably drink. One. Yep. Same. Same. It's good. Musk. I like it. Well, like I already said, we're here to talk about Purple Rain, the movie, and also the You keep saying the movie as if they're separate. So can we talk about the movie without talking about the music? 
No, really. we wouldn't do okay. that. Okay, damn. <laughs> is... We're here to talk about okay, Purple Rain. About... I just don't know why you wanted to classify it as a movie. I was just confused by that. Probably just because we watched the movie. Yeah, probably. Okay. We also listened to the album, though. Yeah. Okay. I wonder how many times we listened to that since you've been here. Did probably you... three or four or five. So I've had the CD in my truck, and it's all I've listened to this whole past week. Oh, good. So it's, like, really in my noggin. Great. So you've got... We've also listened to it on record at our own Uh home multiple times this last week. I'm excited for you. I'm I'm excited for you. Because that's about how I experienced this album as a teenager. It's just, like, on repeat all the time. It's a good repeater, though. It is. Because I feel like it has build ups and come downs and yep. like over and a over whole range and of over. emotion. Yep. It's like a little roller coaster that you just want to get back on the roller coaster. I know? don't get sick of it. Yeah. All right. So, our task for this episode was to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. And you guys watched the movie a couple days ago. Yeah. And we watched it last night. Um, and I'm here to confess that I've only seen the movie a handful of times, like maybe five times. This was only my second time seeing it. I am not as literate in the movie as I am with the album. So I think that's probably fair for your generation, though, because it came out before any of us were born. Right. So I grew up like... Or my fandom grew up listening to this album over and over and over and over again. And then I, like, rented the movie. So that's how, when I watched the movie, like, I don't know how to explain. But I just haven't seen it very often. You kind of already had a precursor with the music. And then the film was like, oh, this is together but yes you already had an idea formed or whatever it's it's odd i mean it's strange to me that um i have my own like experiences and feelings about a specific song and then seeing mm. the movie mm-hmm. and like where they put those songs in the movie little nikki is so like yeah i had that same you're like feeling this isn't what's in my head Mm-hmm. Same right. with when doves cry. Like every, I agree oh, with yeah. that so right. hard. Like it, it's it kind of weirded me out to like right. affiliate those songs with what was happening in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Can I give a rundown of some stats on Purple Rain? Please do. Because I got some notes right here, and let's just get that. Over. Was this your first time watching it, Lindsay? Did you determine that? According to me, it was. The first- <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You didn't remember it though. Not enough. Okay. Okay. Not enough that when I listen to the album, I don't think of the movie. I might now. Okay, yeah. So, Purple Rain, the the song, was actually, the song that's on the album was recorded live at First Avenue Club in Minneapolis. Damn, During the filming or no, just at a before, before they really even knew what the concept for the movie was going to be. Um, but the director of the movie was at this show and came up to Prince after the show and was like, I think we need this song for your movie. Like this song is what we need to tie it all together. And that was Purple Rain. So the first time it was played was at First Avenue Club in Minneapolis, August 3rd, 1983. And it was for like a benefit show for the something Minnesota Dance Theater. Oh, okay. So tickets were $25 a piece, which seems kind of expensive for 1983. Yeah. But they raised like 25 k or something. Wait, for this... I, can I look up an inflation ca- calculator? <laughs> yes. Um, so the movie opened July 27th, 1984. It cost $7 million to make and in the first weekend it opened in 900 theaters and made 70 million total so it made 10 times the amount it cost to make the movie it sold 20 million records worldwide 
and spent 24 weeks at number one on the Billboard charts. In 1983, a $25 ticket in today's dollars would be $71.21. Yeah, that's a steep ticket price for it's kind the of a average premium, person. Yeah, yeah. For a club. Yeah, for a club show, that's a, like it's like mm-hmm. the equivalent of like going to Vegas and but getting a deal to see one of the strip shows. Like, at that's this, like at this point in time, Prince was like a big deal, a hot shit. He he was ish, hot shit ish. I don't think he was hot like yeah, <laughs> he had not just, huge yet. He just finished the tour for 1999, which had bangers like Little Red Corvette. Exactly. So he's like. Been on a few tours. He's already he has, has a following. A following. Household name now. I don't know. If, Maybe I don't in, think it's household. I would say in his like yeah geographical area. Yeah, in the region maybe. Yeah, if you're into like the scene, like yeah, live music. I'm trying to think right of now. an equivalent today of like maybe what Prince was at the time. The you know they've had a couple successful singles but they've never really become like a he's not headlining yet well i mean he headlines his own tour but like big but he's not like like rolling stones you know he's not (laughs) he had gone he had opened for rolling stones (laughs) by this time yeah he had he opened for rolling stones and he toured with rick james by this point but this is like he's still like opening for the time no, not I think not at this point. No. Yeah. he actually fired people from the time right before Purple Rain, right before they started recording the uh, filming the movie. He like that was there's like a riff at the time between right. the time and Prince. They have a little bit of bad feelings happening. OK, so I have a question about the movie. Like, is it based is it just a story that's a Hollywood production that they that he was just a fucking insane marketing genius to put together this whole feature with a great soundtrack? Or is there any, like, historical accuracy to the events and how they took place? Um, as far as I know, it is loosely based on his own bringing in life okay loosely based like some things are interpreted pure fiction and some things are well we know in real life he had like a million siblings and in the movie he's an only child yes but we do know that his um father was abusive growing up and And his father was also a musician yes and his father and mother were both musicians and i don't know how old he's supposed to be in the movie but he was actually like 24 25 25 24 or 5 six. but he seems like he's like 17 or 8 like supposed to be like 17 or 18 but is there, yeah but is there that much difference they no. call him the kid <laughs> absolutely right. and he lives at home yeah absolutely not well and he like he wasn't his parents had separated by the time he was something like 13 so he also is like they talk about him at the club, like, we thought he was going to be the next big thing. So clearly he hasn't put out six albums in his yeah, career yeah, yeah. character. Yes. So I think it's semi-autobiographical, where yeah. it's sort of the telling of his story of trying to come up as an artist. And I remember reading in this book that he, at the age of 16, was looking for a job in the Yellow Pages. And he couldn't find anything that he liked. And so he was like, well, I'm just going to stick to the musician thing. And I'm just fucking going to make it happen. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm going to do. So I think this was supposed to be a little, the way that in the book, the band talks about it. They're like, oh, we're going to make like a cult film and like people will like it. Yeah. It was obviously way bigger than that. Yeah. Well, and they at least mostly, I think, had already come up with like the record and they were building the movie around it so what the director had to do was sit down with prince and try to pick songs to fit because prince carried around literally a purple notebook and was writing the movie down and had like a script and he presented it and people were like i don't think this is gonna work like as you have it because in prince's movie like a lot more people die 
and there's okay. like more violence. There's some scenes that got changed from like Prince's original script and stuff. So he had the core idea of it and it was more of an autobiographical thing. And yeah. was um Morris Day in the time, like obviously I listened to Morris Day in the time and it plays like a Prince album. Yeah. So and they're they're coming from around the same time and in the movie they have in them. the same place. Yes, they're absolutely and it has that it has that Minneapolis sound, whatever However, you, however want you want to describe that. that, but there's a sound that I that that's the only name there is. Right. For it. That that's why that name exists. But were they like I the in the movie they have them like pitted against each other competing for like one of the top 3 yeah. show spots and when in he this was, particular club. When he was pitching the movie, there were people at Warner Brothers that were like we need to focus more on the time. Okay, so that was probably kind of where the, like, competition aspect came. Because they were literally coming up and out of the same town right around the same time. Yes. Okay, all right. And had similar styles. Very similar, fun. But when you watch it now, like, not really. Like, the sound, yes, certain sounds are similar between them. But the vibe is different. But they're completely different. Yeah, for sure. The time is, like, just dance like let's dance and like have a good time. Well, and Prince they don't get like, super deep and ballady. <laughs> very like they're yeah. more fun, oh, upbeat. Yeah. And yeah. Prince has like heart daggers that just make you want to, right? Know, whatever. Right. And like just a more range of emotion. I feel like Prince takes you all over the place, and the times kind of more dance. Like. Yeah, like we were talking about earlier, how Purple Rain is like such an emotional roller coaster. As an album. Yeah. And the time is not quite as roller coastery. I liked how can I say something else about the time? Yeah. I like loved this moment that was so over the top ridiculous when you first meet the time and Morris Day and he comes out to perform on stage and it's like his first performance and he like scuzzes off Prince and is like so dramatic about it. Like you can tell there's this rivalry. He's like, come see how it's done. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. And you're like, okay, this fucking guy. And then he gets out on stage and like is so upbeat and like singing this song and his like assistant guy yeah. comes out with a mirror yes. and he literally like fixes his hair and then starts dancing the choreography and the guy holding the mirror starts dancing the choreography too like it's a part of the shtick. yes it's the it's the whole shtick it's I just funny I it's like hilarious. could not get over that moment I was like this is brilliant slash absurd like I'm totally buying into it I, I like, think that's how you sell anything is brilliant slash absurd yeah I think so too that's why I like the time is that it's all just like very absurd Kooky. it's over the top it's flavor yeah. flav yeah yeah it's yeah, yeah yeah it's I like giant that. clock necklaces that's what the time is and giant like fur coats and what just like but this wild. guy who's clearly not in the band not playing an instrument not singing just starts He's just holding this giant mirror and he just starts he's dancing. He's just the hype man. He's, and he's a the good hype dancer. man. Yeah. He was a great dancer. I thought Morris Day was a really good actor for being like primarily a musician. I thought he like did a good job playing that kind of that bully role and like probably because he's kind of the villain. The vibe. Yeah, like is he and has he acted in anything else do you guys know is that just like made everyone go to acting classes oh for real and dance classases hell yeah of course he did it i feel like he like made them go it was like you're gonna be in my movie you're gonna go to dance i can i think that's a fair request but i think that's fucking rad like he's like i want all my friends and people i know to be in this movie like i want it to be real and authentic and he used all their real names i thought that was really cool except for his own right he's just the kid yeah he's the only one that didn't have his own name yeah but i could see that taking away from the story if you're like a 17 year old kid and your name's prince so here's what I'm going to say. Is, I'd love to hear your take. My name is Prince, and I am punky. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. But he, like, obviously wanted it to n- 
maybe not be a direct correlation of like this is my autobiography. Okay, but so it kind of pulls his identity away from it, and so you see the full picture. I fully understand what you're saying, but if you break down what the word prince means, and then the kid is his name in the movie, like that's it. He is Prince in the movie. He's the kid. Why do you think he didn't use his name? I think it just, he didn't have to. It was part like, of the whole. It's a part of the, the whole, whole vibe, the whole like marketing identity. Yeah. Is that he's called, he's just the kid. He's just the kid. I totally agree. Just like he was Prince, even though like it doesn't really necessarily matter that his Christian given name is Prince. Like. He goes by Prince, period, the end. And then in the movie, he goes by the kid. And it like speaks for, like, it just like speaks for itself, kind of like that. I think it, it, I think it rings just as like influential as the name Prince. Well, I just want to say that I feel like the movie. Like, I I feel like this movie and album pairing, like, offers an insight into the brilliant mind that was Prince's, because I feel like this movie, like, if I'm being completely honest, the movie's not that great. It's so, It's, like, it's a good movie, and it's enjoyable, but there's not really, like, a really interesting storyline in my opinion like it's very much just like about him like doing great performances and great music like to me the movie is about the music and the plot and everything else that's happening is just kind of like just to make sloppily put together to make it a movie but the movie won a bunch of awards it was nominated for a bunch of awards and I think that the music is absolutely brilliant but I also feel like Prince was kind of a dirtbag in the movie. Like he I was a huge dirtbag in the movie. He's not a likable character. He's not likable, and it it's it's like kind of icky how he's he's really icky. We can in get the into movie. the icky. I, why why did he want to portray himself like that? He was a hundred percent in control of this. I think script. that's I because I think he's that, a twenty five year old dude. That's just like I think he was out, trying to tell out a story. story. I I think he was trying to tell a story, and if he also that, has an ego. If that made his character more like hard, flawed, and like you know tragic, because now he has a cycle of abuse, that, abuse and yuckiness. When he slaps trying- her, when he slaps Appalachia, I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> what's her Abalonia? <laughs> Abalonia. Bologna. Apollonia. Apollonia. Apollonia 6. Apollonia Well, six. before she gets in the band, she is Apollonia 4. Fun fact, the gal that was originally going to play that role was from Vanity 6, that, that band, oh, but quit because she got offered a job to work on a Scorsese movie oh. that never happened for her. Oh, That's that. a shame. Yeah. So they had at the last minute, they had to find that chick. And they, in the book, it says there were like 700 people that they like interviewed for that role. And then Prince like called up the director and was like, I can work with her. Do you think it's because she like took off her shirt? that girl. At the lake, like Probably, right away. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that scene. Yes, where he's. Ooh, ooh. he's so manipulative. We were, so mad we were about just that like, scene. what a fucking. Oh, we dick. were so we mad did about too. That We were scene. like, who would want to hang around like, that guy? Okay, so and she just giggles at it. Like, I think oh. you need to lay the scene out for. Okay, us. here's the scene for our listeners who, if you haven't watched Purple Rain yet, just pause our. This episode. whole thing's a spoiler. You should just watch it. Pause the episode. Go watch it. Come back here. And now what I'm going to say about this scene is that the kid, Mr. Prince, rides his very cool motorcycle and gives Abalone a... <laughs> Look her what's happening. Hey. Her name's hard. Bologna. Ap- her Bologna. Like Appalachia was 
Oniums. You you heard how that went for me when I tried I'm to use the. I'm just gonna say the girlfriend, the girlfriend, and it's her real name in real life. No, it's not. It is. Is it? It's her real name in real life. All of the characters use their real name except for Prince. Okay. Her name was like. I'll stop being silly about her baloney name. Apollonia is getting a ride on Prince's. Very cool motorcycle, which actually her seat looked very comfortable. It did look very comfortable. Like it was. I would ride on this motorcycle. It seemed like safer. I won't fall right off the back. (laughs) Yeah, there's a backrest. (laughs) um so he takes her to this very like abandoned is there like railroad tracks or something no he's just out in the country okay they're out in the country and there's like foresty trees trees. there's a, a little like body of water and they're like by the shore of this little lake and they're talking about initiation Oh, right. She asks if he can, like, help her break into the music business. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, I I can't do that. He said, nope. He said, nope, I can't. He said, nope. Yeah. Um, Just, like, so cool and then just, like, shakes his mane And she's like, what the fuck do you mean? And uh, throw some rocks into the water and then he's like, there's an initiation. Right. He, they have to do the initiation, and you have to which cleanse your cleanse yourself cleanse? in the lakes of Minnetonka. Or in the waters Lake of Minnetonka. Lake Minnetonka. Purify yourself in the in the water of the lake. It's a bunch Minnetonka. of bullshit. Say it all in one go. You have to purify yourself in the lake of Minnetonka. You have to purify yourself in Lake Minnetonka. Something like that, yeah. And so she's like, what? But then she just starts taking her clothes off. She doesn't but think he's twice. just like looking all like, mm, hey, when she's just like stripping down. Yeah. And then as she's in the air to jump into the lake, he's like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, she's already started jumping. Like there's no <laughs> stopping. <laughs> and then he's like, the- I tried to stop you. Yeah. So <laughs> she she jumps in and it's cold water uh, apparently. God, I can't imagine Minnesota water is ever not cold. Yeah. I I don't know. So <laughs> um she gets out. Well, she's still in the water and he like gets on his motorcycle and fucking leaves. Like just leaves her all alone. Well, she's, she's like, do you do this and... to all the girls? Right. So mm-hmm. she's all like pissed off because apparently he only wanted to see her boobs and that's it. And then he like scampers off. And he's but like then he... giggling. And yeah. like is watching, like pulls over to another little area and is like watching her frantically like be stranded nude at the lake. Right. And then she's trying to put on her leather outfit and she's <laughs> soaking wet. And that is not... She's like on the f- ground, like she flopping fish. This is a terrible scene. Yes, I think it's so fucked up. And then he goes back to laugh at her, and then also like that wasn't her... the water of Minnetonka. Yeah, he's like, this isn't Lake Minnetonka. You. And she's dummy. like, why would you do that? But he said that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before he rode away, I think he said that. There was a miscommunication because she thought that was her prompt to get nude and jump in the water. Which is what he wanted. Which is what he wanted. It is what he wanted. He totally set her up. And then he does that bullshit thing of like. the power. He's like, no, that wasn't wasn't Lake Minnetonka. It's manipulative and shitty. And then where he starts to drive off and then stops. Ooh, I hate that. It's so smug. Yeah. Too many times. Too many times, Prince. Too many times. Yeah, I hate that. Like once, twice, maybe. And she's just like this doting, beautiful woman that's like, oh, come back. I want to just break in and uh, say that we are supposed to know that she is 19 years old. Oh. It says so on her contact information oh, yeah. at the club right. that she's that. supposed to be 19. Mm. So yeah, it's even more shitty because she's not a grown-ass woman right. that can, like, 
call a cab or whatever. She's like, no, she's a little. And there's no cell phones in 1980. <laughs> and she's like <laughs> naked by a lake somewhere know, in the so bushel. Bad. Like, and he just makes her think he's gonna leave her there. Yeah. Ooh, Ooh I don't. He, that... that is a not a likable oh, I... moment. Yes. It's like setting up for cycle of abuse to me like i have the upper hand and it's icky it's icky. yes it 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 totally is i i hear what you're saying do you think think he knew this or do you think it was him do you think he played this part i don't know i kind of think it was him i felt a little too natural it felt very real (laughs) yeah yeah but his dad was a dick and i think that's a big part of this whole movie because the t- at the time they were rehearsing these songs, he was like making amends with his dad. He was like visiting his dad. Mm. He was like bringing some of the musicians to his dad's house. His dad wrote part of the bridge on Computer Blue, like with some of the band members there. I thought that he gave a lot of sympathy for his father's character. Yeah. He did. Like whenever there was some sort of abuse scene with his parents. He was just like crying and then he would stand up to him sometimes, but it was always like, well, he's being manipulated too. Like he would just be like, Hey, where are you in this house? Uh After you just like, no, my mother said, where are you motherfucker? Right. And then he did a twirl. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was dramatic. Yeah, there was a really dramatic twirl. At a that dramatic time. twirl. Like, I he... loved it. I had to pause the movie. <laughs> I like his father. Spoiler alert: tries to commit suicide, and then it's like it doesn't matter that he has been a shitty dad and that he has abused his mom his whole life and him. Like he hits him. It's like now I want to dedicate this song to him. I want, yeah. to, and it's like I'm gonna go visit him in the hospital. That's where when Doves Cry did not fit with the musical alignment that I was Just seeing. One moment though, important part of that. So when there's a scene kind of building up to the suicide attempt, where the mom and dad get in a fight, and the mom's like, "You don't love me," and like whatever and prince is like in the room and he's like i would die for you and he walks mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. Yep, apparently that, that really happened and is that where i right, would die for you comes from oh yeah so yeah. sorry for him and i no, did I, but i sort of did like that moment was very powerful and i very much was like he really does just want to be a good man and a good husband That's but he fucking beats but the duality uh, of they're, men. They're obviously yes, but... showing it as like Ooh. they want to show compassion yeah. to the dad. Like that's yeah. the narrative. Yes. And I don't want to feel compassion for that. Well, and he's so mad at his dad in all of these scenes, yet he doesn't show any remorse when he hits his girlfriend. Like he there's no, he never apologizes. He never is like, oh my God, I'm I turning into up. my dad. Like there's, it's just like the cycle and he's just accepting it. But yeah. that's, I think that's part of the movie. Yeah, I I think I, a lot the theme of the movie Purple Rain purple is like the dawn, dawn like morning and rain is cleansing. And so he's breaking the cycle. That's supposedly How is he breaking? What it? he's doing. No, well, obviously he went right up to the line, right? Like And then he just like slapped her once and well, stopped No, himself. and then he plays Wendy and Lisa's song. I know, and we're all supposed to, like, see him as some god when he comes on the stage and he's like, I'd like to give credit to Wendy and Lisa for this song. (laughs) And it's like, you're a fucking asshole. Like, that doesn't redeem you. There's also no conclusion to what happens with Apollonia. (laughs) Apollonia. God, her name is so hard. There's no conclusion we don't know, like, does he apologize to her? No. Are they still together? Yeah. Is she still mad at him? Yes. Well, she's Is he just going to still he... be an abusive dickhead yes. to her? That's but it. Like, just is Prince a Scorpio? Uh, no, he's a Gemini. Oh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just looks at me and shuts up. The movie kind of ends, spoiler again, 
where him and his girlfriend are just like in this kind of death spiral of they love each other so much and like that's how those relationships work right where it's like very intense and passionate and then like they beat the shit out of each other or whatever and then they come back together I'm so and sorry. like so much. Like but don't don't worry about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's not even there's an apology. never it's crazy. an apology. Yeah. It's just like Ugh. I worship you. You're a god. She just keeps coming back. But I feel like that's like his parents' relationship. Yes, it's exactly it. And I think that's the point. I know. Okay. And I hate it so much. Can yeah, we talk about too how it's like building up that she joins this girl group? And now they're competing against their music acts for a spot at the club. Because and we never Morris find stays. out who gets cut. We never find out. And it's yeah. like, is he going to just not perform so she has her chance to shine? But no. he has this opportunity for Purple Rain. I think like, it's supposed to be like self-explanatory when you see like the club selfish? bouncer just like vibing hard. Yes. Vibing. Yeah, they cut, to the, yeah. they cut to the audience. Yeah, and like... like He's vibing so hard, even though he's been mad at the kid, and he's just, like, vibing so hard. And that's where we're supposed to be, like, the kid's all right. Well, he walks through the goddamn hallways, and everyone's lined up, like... That was great. They're all like high and they've been him. bullying him throughout the And whole then he movie. just cruises out on his motorbike. But here's the thing, like the whole thing is like, is he gonna be selfless? He's telling her throughout the whole movie, they don't care about you, no one cares about you or your career. Like I do. Like except I do. The one thing that I can do, I will not do. Yes, and that's I thought, okay, he's gonna choose her over his music and he's not gonna perform and let her have her moment. And then he fucking goes out there and performs. So like does she get thrown off the stage? Like, is is her band? Well, not- I'm gonna say that never get married. He oh oh, oh. oh boy. yeah, that oh, was bad. That was oh. bad. Oh my! I'm just saying, doesn't that explain it? Never get married. Uh, He's an independent yeah, prince. He is very all about himself, like a very selfish energy. Throughout yeah, the whole yeah, movie. yeah, for sure. Um, I will That's how that he was described in real life, too. There were four bands competing for three spots, and we met The Time, The Kid, and The Revolution, other... Apollonia 6, and Des Dickerson, which Des Dickerson. isn't even introduced to us. But he doesn't go... Does he go by that name, though, in, in the, the movie? movie? I don't think so. So Des Dickerson was the former guitar player... For the revolution. Okay, but there was another name. I feel like there was a name. No, it is. That's the guy you're thinking of. Okay. With the, yeah. With the headband. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like the white. Okay. I want to yes. be a mountaineer, yes. mountaineer, mountaineer. Okay. Yes. That's, that's the song. That's Des Dickerson. So do we just assume he got thrown off? I think off? he got cut. Because Apollonia 6 killed it in their corsets and their I'm gonna say, sexy shooter No, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Sex Shooter was the worst song. No, but I'm saying they killed it. Remember all the people that came in to see them? Like. It what the so owner, bad. but what the owner was looking for, they delivered. Lisa, one of the women was chewing gum the whole performance. <laughs> oh, I know. And you know what? One of the backup singers was Prince's girlfriend at the time I read. Oh, boy. I don't know which he one. He had a lot of girlfriends. Probably the Lisa. one that didn't have any lines. <laughs> the one who he was dating while making the film. Okay. He, one of the ones. He, he was, was not one of the ones. It wasn't the blonde no, not girl. The, it was the other one. Yeah, the one with no lines. There's yes. seriously so many. And I don't think I knew this really until I started reading the book. Uh-huh. But Wendy and Lisa were in a relationship. That's they amazing. I wish they were gay I'm together. I'm so glad I, I know that. this. Yeah. And did they really write Purple Rain together, or is so, that just part of the I think plot? It's part of the movie, but I really have no. I'll idea. I'll give you like my cliff notes, okay. which are probably mostly correct, which is that Prince, at the time he was touring of 1999. He would go to other artists' concerts, and he went to a Bob Seger concert, and he asked his, like, manager, who was there with him, like, why do people like Bob Seger? The manager was like, he writes these big, booming ballads, and I think I wrote it down. Um, anyway, he writes these big ballads, and Prince is, you know, he's like, okay. So... He's like, I think I, need one. I think he started working on Purple Rain, and he presented it to the Revolution as a very like slow, almost like country song, and 
he's just sort of played it for them and they each started adding stuff. So Purple Rain was a very like collaborative song for the band. And yes. Which is probably why it's so fucking vibey. There's it's like so a perfect. piano part that I think um, Lisa taught Dr. Fink where it was like um, your your one hand is doing something and your other harmonizes with it. It was some weird technique and I don't know. I don't play the piano, so I don't know. But like Lisa taught Dr. Fink this thing. Mm-hmm. And he added that into Purple Rain. Hmm. So each of them sort of had like these things that they added to the song. And so when Prince says, you know, this is Wendy and Lisa's song, I don't think it's so literal, but it's definitely it's just like, like it wasn't just it my wasn't song. my song. OK. Yeah. So my point with this before we move on with Wendy and Lisa, mm-hmm. Prince really liked Wendy. Mm. And. When Des Dickerson left the band, which apparently he was like kind of an old fogey sort of like, he he thought he was the shit, but he also had a wife and nobody else was married. So there was like this constant like, well, my wife, like, do you think that's where the line in the movie comes from where they're like, daddy's like, don't ever get married? No, I think that, I think that was genuinely from from his dad. Um... But Des Dickerson at the time was having, like, domestic issues. He also thought he was really good. Like, and he also had his own vibe that he was on. And so they weren't just, they weren't getting along. He was, like, late to practice, whatever. So Prince is like, "Eh, You're gone. Why don't you go ahead and get along? Like, and that's why he gave him that little guest spot in the movie, I think. It was like a consolation prize. Yeah. It was like, you yeah. see him for like 3.5 Because he's seconds. been in the band up until that entire time, until like right after 1999 tour and right as they started the Purple Rain stuff. So anyway, Prince hires Wendy. Is Wendy the guitar player or the piano player? The guitar player. Okay. So at the time when he hired her, she was 19. Wendy. Yes. And so and a lot of the band was like, also this girl? Uh, reminder about when they're on stage and they're doing the guitar solo and She's... Wendy has to get down on her knees. Simulate. Yes. Uh, Remember that? Yeah. That's... Putting it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That part. Yeah. And how much of For that... the listener at home, here's what... She's simulating oral sex during his guitar. Here's so, mm-hmm. the point I wanted to make and thank you for the transition because Prince liked Wendy Wendy was gay. Wendy was with Lisa. She's like, fuck this and guy. I don't want to simulate oral sex for this motherfucker. <laughs> no, here's the interesting thing. Prince would come to town in LA and stay with Wendy and Lisa. Like sleep on their couch. Like back so in the day. So they were all buddies. So they've known each other for a long time and I think he had the hots for Wendy. And she was like the one he could never get. Here's the kicker. Wendy has a twin sister. <gasps> oh! Wendy's twin sister is named Susanna and she was and she's the backup singer she was like in the music industry as well and so she was Susanna for god's sake Prince brought Susanna into the whole production of that's and started to like win yeah so she played in the movie she was the one he was dating well let me fact check Apollonia was well, but like no, well, in real life, like, while they were filming, he, was dating. Oh, he yeah, never yeah. dated no, yes. Apollonia. Susanna, yes. While yes. the movie he was, was in production, she he played was paired after up with Susanna. Susanna. He was after Susanna, yes. and he and she played one of the backup singers in the Apollonia Six in the movie. Okay, uh, that was her tie. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> he so, was like, I can't get with Wendy, obviously, got- which is interesting because of his lyrical content for some of his songs, right? He has songs about girls that are lesbians that yeah. don't want him. Yeah, listen to our last Prince <laughs> right? episode about that. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. I think there's a lot in Prince's songs that is true to his life. Yeah, and it's complicated. But they were in a relationship. Wendy and Lisa were in a relationship when he hired Wendy. Oh, so he, and he had known them. What I know is that 
there was a period of time where Prince went from the Prince that we're talking about to a much more like devout uh, Jehovah's Witness. Oh, and this was a factor in your- Wendy and Lisa. He has a an opinion about their relationship in the future. But this is interesting to me because he obviously was fine with it. Yeah. At a time where a lot of people weren't. Right. But and he's he also has an opinion about it later in life. But yes. And they are still together later in life. So their relationship is very valid and real. Well, they were together for a long time. Yeah. I think they broke up eventually. So I'm going to have to keep a lot of this for yeah that's save later, it for later later but but I think it's an interesting but it's interesting if I'm so I'm looking back a little bit because I have done a little bit of research but like later in history later Prince on in the discography whatever yeah. Prince like tells Lisa and Wendy they have to break up like oh he's telling them to break up he has a lot of power issues it seems like and also maybe sort of a huge ego at this point in his career where is does he see it as a challenge or he sees it as a like religious issue no but at this point like when they're making he obviously is fine with it at this point right uh yeah but he like has kind oh, of this well, history. Can I, can I read this Tori Amos quote oh, this time? Because I do. feel like this sums up yeah. kind of what you're yeah. touching on. I don't have a good answer for you anyways. Yes, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> so in the book I read, there was a quote for Tori Amos, which I thought was really interesting because we just talked about. It's very appropriate. Tori right? Amos in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And she says uh, about Prince, and I can't remember when this was from, but I don't think it matters. Uh, she says... There was no apology for his expression, people work and play with the whole idea of the sacred and the profane, but he was holding both at the same time in a new way. It seemed to be this completely Dionysian energy, but it wasn't segregated and it wasn't just to be shocking. Sexuality can be forced, crass, gimmicky, but this was just who he was as a performer. He reminded me of Rimbod and Baudelaire. Baldir. Baldir. Should have practiced her. This passionate kind of fire that always seemed to have intention. Which I think is true. Because I don't think he does it overtly. I think he does it just as his self. Like that is just... He doesn't separate his sexuality... From his everyday being. I think they're all just mixed together. It's not like he needs to be in a mood. I think he's just always open. He is the mood. To that situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so he had a lot of girlfriends all the time. Right. Which is interesting that people thought that he was gay. Yes. Because. He was kind of a womanizer. yeah. Yeah. There was always like ladies around him as far as i know i don't know it's no, interesting if you read this book i've been reading he always yeah. has like a few gals that he's like charming i think that he was um i think he meant it i think he genuinely liked them but i do think it was that he wanted to do it i think that he was a little bit All more um fluid than what the mainstream media will tell you well, he slept over at Wendy and Lisa's house on the regs. Wow. And in the book, Wendy says, we were all just in love with each other. So Everybody love, just bro. a freaking. Mm-hmm. Everybody's just, just a freaking. Can we talk about the F word that they used in the film? Absolutely. When someone, when it's. Uh, yes. When he, when uh, Morris Day calls him a long haired. F word slur, long form F word slur. And then, like, change of scene, like, the end. Yes, nothing's addressed. addressed He doesn't get it. It's just yelled at him as he's driving off on a motorcycle. So he doesn't get to respond, but he obviously was. Do you feel like he was addressing what some people were saying about him? Do you feel like he was. Absolutely. I mean, he was the artistic director of the film, right? 
Absolutely, he was addressing what people were saying about him. But wasn't he also, like, driving Apollonia away on the motorcycle? No. No, he was alone at this time, if I remember Mm -hmm. right. I don't know. I thought it was after he grabbed her. was it when he grabbed her? He scooped her up and they drove off. Yeah. And he steals her from Morris, kind of. He's like, hey, you F-word. Yeah, right. Because he's pissed that his... Well, I'm... but taking your girl away to do whatever they're gonna do. They're so. gonna have a great time. And have... Well, have and I think time. right <laughs> after that is that when it shows like they're laying in a barn in like a field of, of like a bunch of hay, and she's oh, like yeah, naked, yeah. straddling yeah. him. Yeah, I feel like that's him being like, "Fuck you guys! I'm clearly not what you're saying I am because I've got this naked girl on me." But that was definitely the perception of Prince at the time. It was like. A thing. So this movie's probably trying to help with his image of that. I think it was this movie. I really think he was trying to tell people like the shit that he deals with in his personal life because he doesn't talk about it. So he's showing like his whole family life. He's showing people are calling him a like he's trying to he's trying to give more context to the rest of his music. I think that's how I took it. That's a. I feel like that's a very valid opinion. I I don't know, but I can totally see that perspective for sure. Yeah. It's interesting that he wouldn't give interviews, but he was willing to put out so many of these personal things through this film. Like why did he want to give But he doesn't that? have well, but the, he, he doesn't control. have to answer. Yeah, he has control and he doesn't have and it's to a answer. One-way yeah, he, I don't do interviews, but here I'm going to just drop this and then bye, I'm not available. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a broadcast. Yeah. It's a one-way situation. Interesting. I want to talk about, like, the aesthetic of the film. Remember that little, like, monkey popsicle thing in that scene when they're in the dressing yes. room? I'm like, monkey what? Yes, like, what is the significance you know I mean? of this the shining ventriloquist Ooh, yeah. moment? I don't know, because I don't... I've never read anything about him about being able to be, like, the ventriloquist. Like, that's never been anything that I've read about Prince, is like oh the, he's, a good, his he's like yeah. he's like a secret ventriloquist. And I was like very Maybe. specifically looking at him while this yes. scene was happening. I was like, I don't think this is like actually it's a dub over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no way he is talking. No, and I don't then, know. And then there's like a ton in a ton of different scenes. It just kind of flashes to like a mask or a doll or like a creepy glass yes, like figurine, a weird like Victorian piece of china, like shit mm-hmm. yes i want to know if That's you have wild. any insight on that there's like um, a lot of that weird visual stuff i don't know I don't, I have is that no just being artistic yeah. the faces though for the oh yeah there's faces everywhere it's on this um sleeve for the record yeah if you it's right on the top of that stack kai so then we can all get a visual that oh yeah this face thing there's faces all over he has a thing the with faces and that's yeah. what like some of those porcelain mm-hmm. dolls and stuff yes. that would show up on i think okay. i don't know what that i is. don't know i don't know what it is but i do think that he is playing a character and maybe that's a reference mm-hmm. to like him maybe he's just trying to show that he's artsy it felt like it was trying know? to be artsy but i didn't know if there was any further meaning i don't know to that oh yeah it came with a poster. Look at his hair. I'm going to say the that's way. his weakest outfit in the whole <laughs> film. Is it double-sided or is it just... No. Okay. Just... Look at Wendy and Lisa. Clearly. Yeah, that's a power couple right there. Look at those asymmetrical... Maybe that's what I was telling you. You're, you fit right... Nobody in this photo has a symmetrical oh, haircut. yeah. I see. Now. I can They're fit together. right in. They're I together. See. Yeah, I see. <laughs> she has her armor around her waist. Yeah. Real nice. I think it's interesting that he was like all about it. Yeah, well. He just yeah. wanted Wendy so bad. He's like, you can have whatever you want. I, Even if it's your girlfriend, I'll let you have that. Yeah. Like, just be close to me. You can have your own girlfriend. Do That's me, okay. Baby. Uh,. What's yeah. the song about the lesbian? Which one? Oh, I thought there was a we talked about yucky one. one. Is it Bambi? Yeah, it's Bambi. Who else would it be about? It's mm, Yeah, you're right. 
Do you think I that's about say. Wendy? I think I. I think it, who else would it be? Uh, how many lesbians is he hanging around with? <laughs> That are together in his band, who he clearly had an affinity for and then went after the twin. (laughs) This is what I want to talk about. And this was what I I was going to say this towards the beginning of when we started talking. But like, why are we talking about this? Hey, everyone. It's Alex. This episode went a little bit long, so we're going to cut it here and make a Purple Rain part two. Stay tuned.